afternoon. Uh, at time of recording, it is Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022. I hope that you're having a great day. Um, this podcast episode is going to be a little more uh, realistic. As, I mean, if we're going to be honest with each other, all of these have been very realistic. Um, I'm a very open person about how I feel about things. And I feel like it's important to share what's going on in my life as well as what is going on uh, that can help other people. So this episode is going to have a lot of things in it. Uh, It's going to be very happy for some parts. Other parts, it may be very sad. Uh, Just bear with me. I ask that you just walk through it with me and enjoy it. Um, If you are enjoying these podcasts, please share them with somebody. Uh, Share them with a loved one. Share them with a friend, uh, family member, whoever it may be. Um, I hope that you're being encouraged by this, that you are growing uh, even in small ways. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to try to do one a month for this year at least, and then I may grow further from there, but for now, it'll be one a month for sure, Um, and I'm on pace. This is my third month in a row that I'm going to put up a podcast, Um, but again, I appreciate all your love and support. Um, I'm going to post a discussion availability with this one. If you want to uh, hear a topic or want me to research and talk about a topic, I'd love to do that for you. Uh, Just please let me know. Again, there'll be a discussion, or you can just reach out to me uh, if you listen. Um, There are a lot of ways that you can get involved with this, and I appreciate all the support. Again, I hope you have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to Office Thoughts and Battle. So as I was saying, this one is going to be a little more personal. Um, I am currently three days away from wedding day, and I'm so excited. I'm happy that I get to marry the love of my life. God has truly blessed me with this relationship and I I could not be more happy. Um, But usually when you, if you talk to anybody about weddings, uh, one of the most, one of the craziest things about preparing for a wedding that you don't hear about is a lot of the stress. You hear that it goes by fast. You hear that there's a lot to do, but there's a lot of stress that comes with it. Another thing that you don't hear about often, um, and I think it should be talked about more, is when you have a loss of a parent, how hard it is when you are trying to go through the marriage process and, and getting to that point of marriage. And um, in my situation, and um, my fiance, who's going to be my soon-to-be wife, situation, we both had a loss of a parent when we were uh, her her father passed when she, he was when she was nine. And my mom passed when I was 16. We both had a loss of a parent. And so that's been a really difficult thing for us to get through. And uh, as I was saying about this going to be sad and happy, the happy part is that we get to live together uh, in love and, and share each other and share uh, experiences with each other and be there for each other. But we also have those sad moments where we have to work through things together. And when I look at uh, the things in my past, one of the important things that I've had to learn over the last uh, couple of years now is that I have to be open about the emotional uh, things that I'm going through. Too often we hold back our emotions from people, uh, especially those that we're closest to. Uh, we may share like happy things. We may share a couple things that kind of get us down, but we're, it's really hard for us sometimes to share every bit of information that we need to sh- we should be sharing with people. I'm not saying that you should tell everybody everything that happens in your life. That is not what I'm saying. 
What I'm saying is there are people that uh, you can lean on for support in situations that sometimes we struggle to do. I am one of the worst at trying to handle every situation on my own. I'm one of the worst at trying to, to solve all the problems on my own. When I know for a fact that I could get help from people and it would be a lot easier and I would be a lot less stressed, but I do try to handle it on my own. But to talk about one of the sad moments uh, to start the podcast, uh, I want to talk about one of the toughest days of my life. And I've mentioned this before in a podcast, but I, I want to come back to this point in, in, in my life because um, mainly this is the time where I was grieving the hardest. 11 years ago, um, 11 years ago yesterday was my mom's funeral, uh, or today. But for sure, 11 years ago on March 19th, my mom passed away. And she was my rock. She was my support. Um, I did not have my father in my life. Um, for whatever reasons, those things don't, don't matter at this moment. But uh, my mom was my support. We would go do Allen days. We would do what she called, let's go bumming, which is we would just drive to stores and we may go walk around and look around. Uh, or may, some people may call it window shopping. We would go look around and then we would go to Goodwill. And it was one of my favorite places to go with her because we would just look at everything. It didn't matter if we were going to buy something or not. We would just go look at everything and say, you know what? Um, this was a good day. We spent it together. Uh, we got to enjoy each other's company. And I look back at that point in my life in 2011. I had just torn my meniscus. I had knee surgery on March 17th, 2011. I had a recovery day on March 18th, 2011. And uh, that evening of March 18th, my mom made my favorite meal. It was a taco salad. She did homemade. Um, I'd never had it the same way since. She used this big green bowl every single time when she made it. Uh, it was one of my favorite dishes that she ever made. And I know you're thinking, wow, a taco salad. But trust me, it was just the way that she put it together. I just loved it. It was great. We had a good time. Uh, we had a good evening that evening. It was me, her, and her boyfriend. And uh, we, were, we ate together. And then we sat down on the couch. Uh, her boyfriend went to bed. And my mom and I sat down on the couch. And we were watching TV. And one thing that she did for me, and I obviously I was like um, trying to act all manly. But, but one thing that she did for me was she would rub my head until I fell asleep. She scratched my head so I fell asleep. And so we're, I'm sitting, she's sitting on the couch, I'm laying there and we're watching TV and she's got a laptop uh, on, her te- on her desk and she's reached out and messaged her brother, and uh, which is my Uncle Cliff, messaged him and then ended up calling him, talking to him for a little while that evening, then called my Aunt Barb, uh, which is my other uncle's wife called her, talked to her for a little while. Um, everything, you know, everything, looking back, it's kind of strange how these things happen, but called them um, that day before, or that whole day before we did what she called. We took an island day. We had to take, she had to take me to physical therapy. So we went to physical therapy and then we went to Goodwill. And I distinctly remember walking into Goodwill that day and running into a guy that had one arm. He's an older man. And he knew my mom from when she worked at Western Sizzlin. And she knew everybody. Everybody knew her. And everybody knew me that uh, because of her, 
uh, and and likewise the opposite of she came when she came to church. But she was talking to this guy, and she told him that I was not letting her baby me. And uh, she was like, you know, he's getting older now, so he uh, doesn't let me baby him as much anymore. And this old man looks at me and he said, and I've never seen him before this moment and I've never seen him after this moment. But he says to me, you need to let your mom baby you as much as she wants to because you never know when will be her last day. So again, we go back to that moment. She's called my uncle and called my aunt, talked to some family, uh, told people she loved them, all these things. And uh, that night I go take a shower, I go lay down, I'm getting ready to fall asleep. And I hear knocking at my door and it just so happened that uh, my mom's boyfriend had gotten up and was downstairs talking to my mom and she collapsed in the living room. And he come back upstairs to wake me up. And again, I had knee surgery. So I like practically jumped down our steps. We lived in a townhouse. I practically jumped down our steps to get down there to my mom. And we begin to call 911. We get the ambulance up there. And I'm in a panic, but I'm, I'm in that focus mode where, like, I've got to save my mom. I've got to help my mom. And uh, we, get, we get everything going. I, I call everybody. I called my sister. I called my uncle, aunt and uncle in Ohio. I let them all know what was going on. Um, but we get to the hospital. And I can remember being 16 years old. In this hospital, I've told everybody to be praying for my mom. I can remember being 16 years old in the hospital and having the ambulance driver come up to me, the EMT in the ambulance come up to me and say, hey, listen, um, from what we know, uh, it's possible that your mom has had a stroke and uh, she should be okay. We don't want to be for sure. We don't want to say that for sure because we don't really know. But from everything that we've done, she's had a stroke. And... We go from that moment to we're all sitting in the emergency room area and my sister finally gets there and a doctor comes out and he talks to one of the nurses. The nurse comes gets and gets us, takes us to uh, the family room. And I figured at that point, because we didn't know anything better, I figured that they were putting us in that room because there was a lot of us. There were about eight of us there at the hospital already. And so they pull us into the room and they tell me and my family that my mom had not been taking her blood pressure medication and that uh, she had had an aneurysm from the blood, her uh, blood vessel in her brain had uh, burst. And I remember getting so angry at that doctor. And I remember like like yelling, shouting at him. um, You don't know what you're talking about. She takes her medicine every day. And she did. And if you don't know how aneurysms work, it doesn't ha- it doesn't matter what you how good you are with medication. It doesn't matter how healthy you are or how unhealthy you are. It can happen in a moment. And and there's young healthy people that have died from aneurysms. There's older people that have died from aneurysms, and anybody in between that that have died from aneurysms. So it's not specific to that thing, but when we look at this situation, I just remember getting so angry and frustrated. And I, I called family that, that uh, needed to know. And um, I woke my uncle Cliff and Annalena up in the middle of the night. Uh, they flew, like they drove down here as fast as they could. 
Um, all of these things happen. And in this moment, I was in sheer panic because I didn't, I, I was, I was just at a loss for words. And I remember being in that hospital, praying to God, say, God, I need you to help me through this. I don't know how I'm supposed to get through this. I don't know what's going to go, or what's going to happen to me after this. I hit a moment, a wall of fear, and I just knew that I had to pray. And so I began to pray to God and I asked him for guidance and I asked him for help. And uh, I had a Bible with me. I brought it with me in my bag uh, and I was reading the Bible and I was reading Job and about how, um, how Job was persistent and how Job remained faithful to God through all of it. And so I, I, I just prayed in that moment. I said, God, no matter what, I'm going to remain faithful to you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow what you've got for my life. And so we go on from that moment. And my mom is uh, in the ICU and I go sit with her and I'm talking with her. And, and I, I told her, I said, everything's going to be okay. God's got you. God's got a plan for you. Well, we fast, if we rewind back for a moment here to the, the day before she, that day, that uh, time before she passed, there were some moments where she'd come to me and she'd um, have like little things. She's like, hey, I need you to know this. Hey, I need you to know this. And I'm just thinking... Mom, I'm trying to relax today. I'm, I just had knee surgery yesterday. I'm exhausted. And uh, she was telling me these, these small little details. She's like, if anything ever happens to me, I want you to know that this is what this is. And uh, if uh, that your sister's going to have to pick up the dry cleaning Monday, like all these little things that um, would have been simple conversations any other day. But when I look back at this, this day in particular, uh, it's eerie to see. And one of these conversations, she came in the room and talked to me. And she said, hey, uh, I, I got to tell you this weird dream that I had. There's a lady that used to come to my church. She, uh, When my mom was there, um, my mom said that she had had a dream about a week before that she was in a, um, she was in a room and she was uh, laying down and didn't know what was going on, didn't know how she got there, where she was. But she was in this room and this lady from my church that she wasn't particularly close, close with, but she knew her. And this lady came in and there was a bunch of people gathered around her praying for her, praying for my mom. And that lady was leading the prayer. Well, sure enough, we get, we're in this situation in the hospital and um, this lady who I don't think had ever heard that this was going to happen, like this had happened. Um, and I could be wrong. I could be mixing up the story. It's been 11 years now. But she came to the hospital to pray for my mom. And at that point in time, my mom had had um, brain activity. She was she had bad swelling, but there was still activity in her brain. And after the lady had prayed for her, my mom, who was unconscious for the most part, uh, she didn't, we didn't, I never got to hear her speak again after she had left the apartment. But my mom, who was unconscious at this point, um, her eyes began to water up. And uh, afterwards, within an hour, there was no more brain activity. And I look at that situation of, of utter grief and trying to, to handle it and go through it every day. And one thing that we struggle with as people is we struggle with understanding others' grief. 
So in this situation, I handled, handled my grief the best way I could. Um, I was very stoic about everything. When it comes to uh, crying, I didn't cry. Uh, I, I cried at the beginning of things. I didn't cry much throughout the entire funeral process. I cried one time at her funeral. And uh, my friends had thought I'd gone crazy. But what happened was I was just so emotionally drained that I couldn't cry. Now, to say that I've not cried for my mom or cried over my mom since she's passed would be a lie because I can't listen to certain songs anymore without crying. There's days that I go that I'll think about her and I'll just well up and cry. And um, that's an okay reaction to the loss of somebody. If you feel like people are telling you that you uh, are not handling the loss well or that you're handling the loss different than most people, trust me when I tell you that there are certain ways that some people handle losses and there are certain ways that other people handle loss. Dealing with grief is difficult. But here's the important part, that you do not deal with these griefs alone, that you find somebody to um, to pull your heart out so that you find somebody to share the issues that you're going through with. Because if you're not communicating with people that you're dealing with these things yourself, it's going to well up and it's going to cause you to get to that point where you may go crazy or cause your depression to take over or cause you to question um, reality. And I had to find that in, in friends for the most part, uh, for the last or for the longest time, I had to find that in friends. And I was able to use what I had to go through to help other people. And looking back now, uh, looking forward now from 11 years since that past, the loss has never been easier. There are days where it's still hard. March 19th, it was a good day, but the next day I cried. I was talking with Jenna and I told her that, um, you know, I was sad, I was sad with myself because I didn't cry that day. And it's not because I didn't miss her. It's not because I forgot about her. It was just because I think that there was so much grief from that day that I couldn't find it in myself to cry. Um, we were distracted with a lot of other things too. And, uh, especially with wedding stuff. So we look, I look at the situation and I have to realize that I may have struggled. I may have uh, been afraid, but, but I had to find a way to get through it without going through it by myself. And, uh, I know I said that there's going to be happy moments too, and we're going to hit on those in a moment, but I had to share with you how sometimes we get caught up in our lives and we don't seek out that help that we need. And so whatever you're doing, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, I challenge you, find somebody to communicate with. Find somebody that you can share your heart with. Find somebody that will help you through these hard times that you're dealing with. And if you can find somebody to do that, then you're gonna find some more peace in your life. We may come back and talk about some of the interesting things uh, when it comes to dreams and comes to uh, the way that I handled my grief in another episode, but I want to move on to some of the happy things that have been going on. Um, Over the last month now, uh, I have moved into an apartment. Jenna will be moving in with me after the wedding. Um, We've got a lot of great things planned for our future. Um, We have prayed through a lot. We've cried through a lot. Uh, but God has truly blessed us 
as a couple. One of the things that we have chosen to do with our life is that anytime we have a serious issue or anytime we have a trying situation, we take it to God in prayer. And that may not be how some of you handle your situations. Maybe you try to just talk it through with each other or maybe you try to handle things in yourself. But here's what I've learned uh, from my experience, that when you take things to God, God usually does a pretty good job of handling it. Now, I'm not telling you that it, everything's fixed, everything works immediately, but he does a pretty good job with what he has planned for our lives. And so as we've been planning this wedding, uh, this wedding for this wedding season, one of the biggest challenges that we've had was like overcoming these all these big hurdles because we uh, we did this the Christian way where we did not live together beforehand. We uh, are you know living apart. You know we traveled to go on date nights. I would I would go to her house and then we'd drive back. And uh, there was that, there was a time where I drove down for a date night and then slept in a gas station parking lot because I was too tired to get home. But all of these things that we were willing to do to remain faithful to God in this relationship, God is truly going to bless us for it. And so when we grow together, God is going to move. And uh, we're excited to see what God is going to do with this wedding. There's a lot of planning for it. Um, it was really kind of exciting to see some of my family, because, um, you know, we have social media. So some of my family that's coming in, like, it's exciting to see them, like, landing in Nashville or they're driving through Kentucky on their way here. Family that I've not seen um, in about five years now um, that I've missed and that I've, I've wanted to see. And um, whether it was work or whether it was COVID, it just didn't work out. Um, it's, I'm excited to see those family members again that I've not seen in so long that I grew up with um, my cousins and my aunt and uncle and uh, others that are coming down. Uh, I'm sad for the ones that can't make it, but I'm excited for those that are going to be there. Um, but one of the coolest things to me about a wedding is that you realize how vast, and it may not work this way for everybody, but in my situation, you realize how vast a group of people you reach. I look back at the people that I, that we had invited to our wedding, and I look back at those that... Um, are going to make it or that couldn't make it, but still reach back out to us. I look at all these people and I say, wow, there's a vast group of people from different walks of life, different uh, avenues of life that, that are going to be there or that I've been friends with that I felt worth, uh, felt great enough to share uh, this moment of, of, of mine and Jenna's marriage with them, that they could celebrate with us. And I've been so grateful for that. And I've been grateful that um, I have a great church family that is going to be there and that's going to love us and pray with us and get us through it. I'm grateful for my youth group that are going to be there to, again, be a part of the ceremony, be excited to be there. Um, they were ready to dress up and uh, to be invited. They told me that if they weren't invited, they were going to crash the wedding anyways. So I'm excited that, that all of these uh, walks of my life are coming together and will be um, celebrating as one for a marriage for myself and Jenna. One thing that some of the things that we've kind of had to get through is finding uh, again a house, a place to live, finding um, good situation with for her, finding a job, um, 
with me right now, I'm in between having a, a running car and borrowing a car and um, dealing with the stress of that. But even through all of this, we've found ways to be joyful because we know that we are going to be uh, each other's uh, rock. We're going to be each other's strength. We're going to be there for each other when uh, even when everything's chaotic. Um, the love that we have for each other is amazing. And uh, God knew what he was doing when he brought Jenna into my life. God knew what he was doing when he opened that door because I was at a place where I needed somebody to lean on. And I'm not saying that I was at a bad place mentally or anything like that, but I would kind of gotten over situations in my life. I'd gotten through things in my life and she challenged me to take a chance. She, she's the one, I'll be as honest as possible. She's the one that says, hey, why don't we just go on a date? I was uh, kind of reserved and I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't want to take this chance. And she was like, why don't we just do it? And we'll see what happens. And so from that moment, from that day, everything has been awesome for me. I'm not saying that I haven't had issues or that I haven't cried or there hasn't been problems, but having her in my life has been amazing. I hope and pray that if you're listening to this podcast, either have somebody like that or you uh, will find somebody like that for you. Whatever you do in your life, do not settle for less than what you deserve. But more importantly, do not settle than what, uh, less for what God has for you. God has somebody for you. He's got a plan for your life and he wants to uh, be a part of that. But you've got to be faithful to him. You remain faithful to him. He's going to remain faithful to you and he's going to get you to that point. But you've got to trust in him. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Like I said, I wanted to add a little bit of positivity on the end of it. But I think it's important that we talk about our grief. I think it's important that we talk about uh, these, these sad moments. I think it's important that we recognize them. With this wedding, um, like I said, one of the big, toughest things for us um, is that our parent, my, my mom and her dad won't be involved. Um, if you ever knew my mom, you knew the energetic smile that she wore. You knew the person that she was. You knew that she, um, she would have had a great time. She would have been the life of the reception. She would have uh, talked about how proud she was of her, of her son, her baby boy. Um, she would have been uh, my rock and my support there. But now I know she's watching from above and that she's celebrating in heaven. Um, the same thing with Jenna's dad. I, I could go into details, but um, I don't want to, to talk about anything without her permission. Um, but she, she's going to miss him be, being there. And again, I, I hope that if you're dealing with that grief, that you find ways to talk to somebody, that you find ways to talk through situations because you shouldn't handle it on your own. So I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Again, leave a like, uh, share it with a friend, talk about it with somebody. Um, if you would like to hear me talk about another topic, let me know and I will gladly do it. I will just, you just gotta let me know. I don't care to uh, do research and talk about whatever you would like. But again, this has been Office Love to Dallin. I hope that you continue to be the best you that you can be. And if you're doing the best to be the best you, then nobody can tell you any different. Have a great day. Love you. Peace out.